Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons Podcast and Channel 33. If you enter promo code BS and buy Super Bowl tickets on SeatGeek, they'll send you $100 on your purchase. Don't be fooled by other sites that tack on hundreds or even thousands of dollars in fees on Super Bowl tickets. SeatGeek's prices are lower than any other site, and SeatGeek will always show you the full price up front with no hidden fees. To get $100 off your Super Bowl ticket purchase, download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code BS. Today's BS podcast is also brought to you by MeUndies. With Valentine's Day coming up, don't get your significant other chocolate or flowers because that's boring. Get them the world's most comfortable underwear. That's right, MeUndies. Uh, they have a February limited edition underwear design from legendary artist Keith Haring. This retro design is inspired by love, making it the perfect Valentine's Day gift. Order before February 4th in the U.S. to make sure your pair arrives in time for Valentine's Day. Head to MeUndies.com slash BS right now. You get free shipping and 20% off your first order. Let's go. Oh, boy. It's snowing on the East Coast. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not It's not snowing dollar bills. It's it's snowing snow. Oh. For Joe House. How many how, how many inches are you getting there in Washington? Not none yet. Uh, it's coming, though. I was there, there last year when it snowed, and you guys got like five inches, and the whole city shut down, and it was like you got hit by a tsunami. It was amazing. I, I've we never had, seen a worked, city less prepared for snow. It worked out great. We ended up um, having a really easy time getting to dinner. We 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 could make reservations, no problem downtown. That yeah. was that worked out nice. Um, this one's going to shut the whole the whole joint down. I mean, yeah. they're calling for twenty to thirty, and the last time we had anything of that order of magnitude, everything was shut down for a week. I'm worried the, about Kornheiser. Um, I don't know if he can handle the snow and the cold. The, the 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 big concern is power. If we lose power, we're we're, we're all f. Now Tony, I'm sure you know he's a fancy pants. He probably already made a reservation at a hotel somewhere and probably has a way for somebody to get him into that hotel. Yeah, I'm just a regular dude, so I tried to do that my own self. I you know I'm trying to be a little forward thinking here because I'm not gonna let it be Sunday. You know, mid afternoon, and not ha- not have a way to watch the football games. Right. Um, but everything's all booked up, and you know, I have no way of getting to anywhere other than by foot. So, well, uh, President Obama, if you're listening, uh, invite Joe House over to the White House to watch the football games with you. He doesn't have a place to go. Hey, snow and cold weather and ice and all this stuff. It really feels like it could play a factor in this Carolina. Uh, Arizona game, right? A well, bit? Carolina's Maybe? right in the in the bullseye. They're going to get it. Um, obviously, uh, they're probably getting it right now. The start of it, uh, and it's supposed to last, you know, twenty four to thirty six hours. So by the time the game rolls around, all of the precipitation will be done. But it's still going to be cold, and there's going to be, you know, um, five hundred tons of snow at at the joint down there. Um, all right, hold so, on. I wanna I wanna talk about that game. Wanted to mention we have uh, a couple guests coming up after house. Um Mike Shore, who's on Andy Greenwald's podcast on channel thirty three. I actually just grabbed him after he was done with the Andy podcast and made him talk about the Pats for a few minutes because he's uh a diehard Pats fan like myself. And then we had a, a podcast earlier in the week with Wesley Morris, 
um, where we, we carved out a whole section about uh, Rajan Rondo and Bill Kennedy and that whole thing and about Odell Beckham and the Panthers. And I thought it was interesting enough to take out of the podcast because it was so long anyway. So we're putting that on at the end of this. But right now we're going to do football picks because that's what we do every week. I'm five and three in the playoffs. What are you? Four and four. I should be six and two. Oh, no. <laughs> I should I, I should, should be, be five, five and three. two and one. I should be five two and one because Arizona Yeah screwed me over by by being completely ill prepared to to stop a Hail Mary pass after the guy had already thrown a Hail Mary pass in the same drive. And how is it possible? How is it possible when it was the exact same play he threw the exact same spot he threw in the Detroit game? I mean it was an amazing play and I, I respect the blitz and the whole thing, but at least know that on that play he aims toward a specific spot and be ready for it. But like, wait, wait. Why do you respect the blitz? Well, Aaron Rodgers has demonstrated through the entirety of his career that he has a certain el- elusive ability. He I can know, get away from the blitz. That's Bruce and Arians. He needs very little time and space to launch the ball 70 yards in the air and 80 yards down the field. Now, he didn't have to do that um, on Saturday because they got all the way to, to midfield from the, the miracle play uh, on, on the goal line, the, right. the first Hail Fourth Mary. Fourth and 20. Yeah, but once they got to the 50, they like, oh, God. I mean, the the, 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 real Hail, the second Hail Mary is definitely in play. That's a flick of the wrist for him. What a terrible gambling loss if you had Gar- Arizona. Oh. I had them on a tease, so I, d- I didn't actually lose money, but I, it hurt my feelings because... I- I came very close to tweeting out, like, this is why you can ne- – I would hate myself so much if I bet on this. Never yeah. bet on football it was going to be my tweet. But I was like, ah, oh, that's kind of bad for business. And then Definitely Sa- bet on football. And then, Sa- <laughs> <laughs> and then Sal and I bet on uh, – we had a whole thing. and that we, we had a great weekend and decided to throw some of the profits on Pittsburgh, who should have just outright won the game. And then all of a sudden it became a a push and I still don't know how it happened. I I thought they're going to win the game outright and, and then we didn't even win money on it. So whatever. You guys didn't do the money line. You, you, you you did a spread bet. I got it. It ended up being a push. It was a weird weekend. The only, I think I've picked every, yeah, I guess I didn't pick the winner for Pittsburgh, but anyway, I feel like I have a nice handle of this, and I'm excited for this weekend because I think I know who the Super Bowl teams are. So let's talk about, even though it's the later game, let's talk about Carolina and Arizona first. Carolina is favored by three points at home. I'm going to make the case for Carolina, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. Carolina minus three. Um, Weather, I don't care if it's going to stop snowing at that point. The field's going to be probably a brick. Uh, yeah, it's going to have that cold post blizzard feel to it. They're not, the field's going to be a mess. It was a mess last week. It's going to be even more of a mess this week. I look at this game and, it, and for me, it feels like the worst case scenario for Arizona, a team that normally plays indoors that succeeds with speed and the dome, all that stuff. They've won a game or two outside. I think they lost in Pittsburgh this year, but, um, this feels like the worst case scenario for them. They I want, agree with this. They want a nice and, field. They want good weather. They want their receivers running around doing stuff. And now this is like a kind of ground and pound Cam Newton game. And I don't trust Carson Palmer. How about that? How about that? So let me, uh, I have only one weird stat for, for the entire analysis today. And it applies to this game. It's Arizona coming off of three straight home games. 
which, yeah. you know, goes to your point of, of the comfort, whether it's, it's sort of actual comfort or, or even just psychic comfort. Uh, road underdogs, a horrid, horrid 0 and 11 against the spread when coming off of three straight home games Ooh. if they won the last game. So uh, that's a nice thank you, Big Al, for that uh, that's that, a good that little Thanks, angle. But you know, it, it it fits what you're you're describing. Plus Carson Palmer. Yeah, he had some moments in that Packers game where you just thought, "Oh, this is Carson Palmer." I've watched this guy for the last 15 years. I mean, he had an outer body experience this year. He's great. I think he had like 34 TDs, 11 picks, but he also had a fleet of receivers. And then got he had three different running backs who at various points of the season were more competent than any running back the Patriot had, including the rookie that 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 has been going uh, the last few weeks, David Johnson. But that's his name, right, David Johnson? Yeah, David Johnson. All these guys, I, they've had so many running backs, I can't even remember who who's who. who, who. Um, but Palmer, I thought, had some moments in that game, a little deer in the headlightsy, I love what little shaky around the red did, zone, right? I, Collinsworth murdered him yeah. for that pick in the end zone. It was and terrible. It was, it was it was terrible. So then, it was indefensible. And and you know what's crazy is, I feel like not enough attention was paid to the grotesque um, mismanagement at the end of the game that 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 called pass play. It was where awful. He, he missed uh, Fitzgerald by by twenty five yards. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that he much. It out but, of bounds. How can you call a pass? Have you not watched Carson Palmer this whole game? One out of every three throws is sailing on the dude. Right. And then, so in overtime, they they call an awesome play that, that I think Arians, that they had two plays that they were just kind of holding in their hip pocket. One of them was the play that broke Fitzgerald for the 75-yard run or, or pass run or whatever it was. Yeah. An okay play by Palmer. He rolled out right, had to throw it across his body left. Fitzgerald was open by 25 yards and then exactly. ran another 60. Yeah. Can't totally give Palmer credit for that. And then the other play was just a great little, you know, sneaky handoff to, or pitch handoff to Fitzgerald. That was it. Palmer didn't exactly drive him down. Now, he had a moment in the Seattle game on Sunday night on NBC when they fell behind his line, U Potty, whatever his name is, he came out. Um, the line fell apart. Remember, he got sacked in the or the fumble touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And it, it looked, looked like, like he was. The, yeah, it looked like Carson Palmer was being Carson Palmer, and then yeah, he kind yeah, of rallied and got it going. Yep, yep, yep. But, that was a nice comeback, a nice bit of poise out of him. Yeah, the stakes were entirely different. They weren't playoff stakes, and this is you know we're we're still in a playoff. This is this will be the most uh, important game he's ever played in in his entire NFL career. So there's some playoff manifesto rules in place here that make me feel good about Carolina too. One is like if you pick the road team, you better think they're winning. And I agreed. I'm not I it's Arizona going west to east, outdoors, shitty weather. Carson Palmer, I don't feel great about it. So that's one. QBs, who are the QBs? Look at the QBs. I trust Cam. Cam's going to make plays. He's going to get stuff done. He's going to get first downs when they need them. I don't know if I 100% trust Carson Palmer. Where do you stand MVP on that of one? the league, 16-1 and one Carolina Panthers. I trust Cam. Um, the momentum, um, where's the public, all that stuff. I think Carolina threw people off their scent. 
because of how they sucked in the second half of that Seattle game. Pretty weird game. They yeah. played the best first half I think anyone's played in the history of football. Um, took their foot off the gas pedal at the end of the second quarter, which was stupid. They had a chance to get some more points at the end. They got super conservative. Seattle got the ball starting in the in the second half, score a touchdown. Carolina has to punt. Seattle another touchdown. Momentum, all that stuff it was just weird. It wasn't. A, and then their defense is on the field the whole second half. I I don't look down on them for how that second half played out. Do you? No, no, it didn't change my overall uh, uh, impression of Carolina and what they've done all season long. I, I they've done that twice now. That Giants game was the same thing, right? Um, I, I it, it it to me is more uh, an indication of how difficult it is to keep up the focus and the intensity and all the rest of it. You know the 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 the, the teams, the talent on the teams, especially at, at this point of the season, is is equal enough that it's pretty extraordinary for one team to just beat the crap out of another. Yeah. And I think, you know, that the, the keeping that focus intensity for the entirety of a game, they weren't going to win 62 to nothing. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really, um, you know, get, you didn't hold knock that them down too much for that uh, second half performance against Seattle. All right. And also just think about it. you're betting on one of these teams. You're betting your life on this game. Do you feel more comfortable with cam at home? in like an ugly ground and pound bad weather game or do or do you want to bet your life on Carson Palmer outdoors going west to east crappy I, I, weather I was, coming I was off a bad upset with game. myself for having a fake bet on Carson Palmer at home last week yeah he is Carson Palmer he really is he really reminded us he, he really Carson reminded Palmer. us that he's Carson Palmer he, he sure did here's another one it's 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 a little stupid but it's from the it's from the manifesto. I'm not saying this is as big of a factor as the QBs or the weather or the west to east or the outdoors indoors and that stuff, but it's important. Arizona special teams sucks. They stink. They were uh, in the DVOA, our friends at Football Outsiders, they keep track of this stuff. Arizona had the 30th special teams. But Barnwell did a nice job um, early in the playoffs identifying all eight teams in the tournament, the kryptonite and the uh, kryptonite for the Cardinals was their punt uh, uh, defense. Right. They were among the worst teams in the league, maybe the worst team in the league um, against uh, defending the punt. Right. Well, and Carolina's Carolina's got Ted Ginn Jr. That's what he does. That, that scares me. So you have bad special teams on the road, cold weather against Ted Ginn Jr. I don't know. I just feel like something's going to happen there. And also the DVOA, Carolina's fourth, Arizona's tenth overall. For weighted, Carolina was fifth and Arizona was tenth. I'm not sure why the line is three. I don't. I, I got to say I don't understand it. I thought it was going to start at three and be there for most of the week, but I thought it would climb to Carolina three and a half. People, I thought it was going to be Vegas zone four five in that zone. Yeah, people don't totally trust Cam. And also the last thing, and this is also stupid, um, but not stupid. It's been. It feels like Cam's year to make the Super Bowl. The whole year has felt that. like that. It just feels very. You know, it it just feels right that he would be in there. And I'll tell you, if Denver is the other team in there, Carolina, Denver, Carolina would kill Denver. So this is basically I, I, basically the Super Bowl for Carolina if Denver wins that first game. 
Yeah, I mean, I, this is not going to be a surprise at this point. Uh, being 500 on my my playoff picks, not very, you know, not very uh, impressive. I just pick the two best teams. Who, which two teams looked the best all season long? If you yeah. look at the entire body of work, you know, uh, New England had its stretch. Brady was the leading candidate for the MVP for a stretch of time. And then, you know, Carolina had its impressive stretch. And they, they looked, you know, unbeatable until they got beat. And Cam is now going to win the MVP of the league. So, to, to me, it's, it's just keep it simple. And I don't think Arizona has a great defense. Obviously, they don't. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's good. It's not great. It's above average. Opportunistic. Um, but not the type of defense that's going to go in and hold Carolina to seven points. The thing with Carolina... Tate just popped a boner, by the way. Sorry, this is awkward. He's, Tate's a Carolina fan. He's a, This is really uncomfortable. But Carolina gets to 30 points every week. Every week. They just do it. You don't You don't know how it's happening. You look at their guys. It's like, ah, uh, Jericho Cotri on third and eight? Like, how, how, how are they getting these drives? But they get them. And uh, I don't know. I like Carolina. I think they win by, by double digits. And my only fear... I, I really like this Arizona team. Like I, I think if they had had the one seed, I, I might have picked them. But yeah. my only fear is I do think Arians is a good coach. I think he's a gambler. I think he keeps things in his back pocket for the perfect time. And then you look at how Carolina has gone soft in some of these second halves. That worries me a little. Carolina getting a lead and then letting Arizona hang around and – you know, they, we've seen them play that type of game over and over again this year. So, and, and Arizona is a team where if Carolina gets up double digits, you, you, you're, you're not looking and saying, oh, well, how's Arizona going to score? They have the weapons. They can do it. it. It's just, you know, how much do you trust Car- Carson Palmer is what it comes down to. And I wonder if Arizona will come away from this season being like, damn, bad luck. Had to go to Carolina in a crappy weather weekend, and it's too bad, and we should have tried harder to get that one seed. Well, I, I don't think they didn't try. I mean, Carolina was undefeated for, through 13 weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I, mean, I Arizona take it was pretty effing impressive. Maybe Arizona says, damn, maybe we shouldn't have lost to Landry Jones. <laughs> they lost one of those, right? They lost to Landry that Jones. Was, that they was lost a stinker. To the they went to Pittsburgh. That was their, they had two stinkers this year. It was Pittsburgh and then the last game against Seattle. But they also lost to the Rams. That wasn't a stinker, though. The Rams... You know, at that point of the season, um, we're, we're, we're doing that t- typical Rams thing, you know, kind of a formidable stout defense, low-scoring, ball-control kind of stuff. Well, Carolina they didn't be, have they were, you know, And it, came, it comes down to they didn't have as many stinkers as Arizona, and now they get to host this game, and it's going to be cam time, and I think they win. And, uh, and, and Tate's going to be dabbing? I think it's better if the Patriots advance. I think it's better for them to play Carolina than Arizona. You're rooting for the Patriots to play Carolina if they beat Denver. If the Patriots win, I'm going to root for Carolina, not just because I'll, I will have wagered on Carolina. I think the <laughs> Pats, I think Arizona in uh, in San Francisco with all their receivers, that scares me a little bit. It's just multiple receivers and just guys going, Fitzgerald, I, I don't know. It scares me. Carolina, I feel like we could just take out Greg Olson like we took out Kelsey. The thing that, that that's interesting about that, though, is uh, you're preferring a quarterback that is very difficult to contain because of his, his double threat capacity. I know, but he doesn't. I, for me, I don't feel like he runs as much as Russell Wilson does. 
He hasn't been called on to do so, though. Right. But so it could be, you know. Nobody's, I, Belichick would figure out how to stop that team. Arizona. <laughs> such a, I mean, that is the most New England analysis of all New England. Well, listen, that's, mean, what, that's, what, that's what the people are paying for. Belichick. I mean, it's, 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 it's like the old Ditka skits. Ditka right, would can, find a way. Denver, New England. Yeah. That's the early game. For yep. some reason, which is weird. I don't know why they wouldn't have made it the late game. Fox must have won the coin flip or something. Right. Pat's favored by three and a half. Oh, it's up to three and a half now? It's, that's what I'm seeing. I saw three. Well, it doesn't change my analysis. <laughs> you, you, love, you love grabbing whatever weird line on whatever weird online site helps you with whatever pick you're making. Guess like, what? I, I saw three <laughs> on stupidbets.com. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing any of it. I'm just taking the Patriots. Okay. I know there's a bunch of historical um, uh, bends to this, angles to this, that um, support Denver. I know it's Peyton's last home game of his entire career. I don't care. The Patriots are the better team with a better body of work, and they appear to be healthy. I'm knocking on wood just because I want the game to be between two healthy teams. Um and and I, I think the the two You're best right. it's, teams it's should three. play in the Super Bowl. I'm seeing three on VegasInsider.com. Yeah, StupidBets.com. VegasInsider.com is a good one. I know. Why are you making fun of me? I told you I saw three. All right, it's we got three for the Pats. <clears throat> That's fine. Pats by. I three. just took the Pats. I'm taking the Pats. You taking the, moving off the Pats? So you're just basically saying they're a really good team. I think they're better than Denver, and that's my analysis. Thanks for coming, Joe. Two, two two best quarterbacks. I don't need an angle. The two best quarterbacks in the league all season have been Brady and Cam Newton. That's it. Well, my analysis is going to stun you. <laughs> I don't think the league wants the Patriots to win this game. What? Yeah, I don't. Oh my god. I don't. Oh my god. Here I we don't. go again. I think this is this is all setting up for the most catastrophic loss in in recent Boston sports history. Ed Hockey Lee, the Broncos are like 7 oh, or 8 no, 0. I saw that tweet. Come yeah, on. They're like 708-0 when he refs. Um the Patriots have had a tortured terrible history in Mile High, which yeah. uh, as you're going to hear from me and Mike Shore after cuz we already taped it, but uh it's been a semi-house of horrors. It's the place of Rulon Jones and Champ Bailey and, and losing the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. Brady's, uh, I think, 2-6 and six there. The two places that he's always had a lot of trouble are Denver and Miami. Um, yeah. The last time we played there, we blew a game where they took out Gronk's knees and we thought his season was over. Brock Osweiler came in, had like the, the night of his life. He's going to be only he'll own a sports bar in like three years, telling people I beat the Patriots on a Sunday night. Uh, Denver just wins garbage, lucky, stupid games over and over and over again. They've wow. done it all season. I love that you called this your analysis, by the way. Thank you. Um, this is what Denver does. They win stupid games where they get every single call, where um, nine of the eleven breaks go for them where the fumble that they they fumble and it bounces straight up and goes to the tight end who runs an extra five yards with it, um, where the, the Manning interception gets dropped by the D-back or gets tipped and goes right to Demarius Thomas. This team has the biggest horseshoe up his ass up their ass I've ever seen in my life. It would 
have been nice of you to have, have disclosed for everybody consuming this that this was going to be the the McSimmons. This is going to be the McSimmons analysis. I'm ca- I'm calling in from Sully's in 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 Dorchester, and <laughs> let me that, tell that you asset. that that Denver they, they they horse you up their ass. I'm telling you guys. I don't know what that accent. It sounded like you were from the Bronx. Uh, and we're laying points on the road. Yes. And, and we haven't even mentioned the sheriff yet. The sheriff's the sheriff last week is under pressure, slides for a sack, decides to do a self sack. It was he a slides. give up. It wasn't a yeah. It was a sack. It would have counted as a sack. He slides. Nobody touches him. He stands up and completes a thirty-five yard pass, and everyone's fine with it. Uh, in the judgment of the refs, that that wasn't a he didn't give himself up. Tom Brady. Um, has an awesome game in the AFC title last year. They decide that the balls were intentionally defrayed by Tom Brady, even though a phalanx of scientists have now come out and said, well, actually, the ideal gas law explains why balls deflate, and the Patriots phalanx. probably kept on the low end. Phalanx, whatever the word is. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's almost suspended for the first four games. We lose our first-round pick. There's still no evidence that anything happened. It, what about uh, the text messages? It all text messages. What were the I, messages? I care less. Um, it just—you really think the NFL wants a situation where Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Robert Kraft are on the podium with Roger Goodell? God, what would be better than that? Yeah, exactly. I, that's why we're not seeing it. Uh, uh, that's fine. I don't have any problem at all with all the conspiracy theorizing and this is WWE. This is like, this is like, might as well, they this might, the Pats are going into the Royal Rumble and they have to put the title up against 29 other wrestlers. Cause Vince McMahon said, so that's this game. I know exactly what you're doing and I don't begrudge you doing it. What am I doing? I think Denver's going to win. I, I know. I know you have to convince yourself of this. Denver's so going to win the game. Adequate. I'm going to be really mad. I'm probably going to break my TV because this is uh, you're psychologically and emotionally prepared for all of the um, the mistreatment and the the you know this misjudgments that are going to befall your team. It's I, the I manifestation of a of a year long smear <laughs> campaign conspiracy <laughs> is going to play out with the fucking sheriff. <laughs> Killing us with his little bloopers and Phil Simms talking about how great his audibles were. And, oh, Peyton Manning. Oh, my God. What an audible. The Patriots had nine guys on the line and he audible to a pass. Oh, hell, uh, Peyton look, Manning. McSimmons from Sully's, you make a lot of great points here. Oh, you know, Peyton Manning, just the know-how to throw that pass that took seven seconds in the air before it hit Demarius Thomas, who was waiting for so long that he got hit by 17 defensive backs at the same time and is now being wheeled off the field. But a great look by Peyton Manning. Great play. I can't take it. I know this is going to be the worst day of my life. I know it. Or one of the top 100. I know it. I know this is going to be a terrible day. I'm already mad about it. It's going to be terrible. I'm just hoping that I have the power here in Washington, D.C. to be able to watch the game. And my dad's here. And we're just going to be staring at each other going, I can't believe we're losing this game. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. How are we losing this game? Peyton Manning cannot throw the ball faster than 20 miles an hour. He can't move. How are we losing? <laughs> I, I Like I said, I don't begrudge you doing this. By the way, I'm, I'm picking the Pats. I just had to get all that out of my yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm I laying the three. Yeah, of I just course, I wanted to course. hear how all of it sounded. Yeah, we have a it much better awesome. team. How do we not beat this Denver team? Yeah, I mean, that's right. 
Denver, I still can't believe that Denver beat Pittsburgh. I watched the whole game through through three all the way up until. I can't uh, believe it. Pittsburgh can't believe it. Nobody can believe it. I watched the whole game. How did Pittsburgh lose? How did Pittsburgh lose? That's exactly right. That's the thing. So I'm taking the Pats. I think they're much better. Can I say much better? I think they're much better as well. Um, and yet I'm terrified because this is what Denver has done all season is they have somehow made up gaps and made up leads and gotten drives and gotten fumbles at the perfect time and gotten special teams plays. And they've just kind of pulled out games. The running game has come alive over the last five or six games to all to their credit, the number one seed in the AFC. Right. Starting with a very, very stout defense. Very good defense. I don't think it's a great defense, though. I think you can move the ball on it. I thought Pittsburgh, you know, Roethlisberger missed missed uh, a wide-open 50-yard touchdown on the first it's, drive. Um, the saddest thing in the world is that we didn't get to see Antonio Brown on, on, on Sunday. Yeah, is there any way Denver wins that game if Antonio Brown plays, from what you saw? You can't, you can't come up with the scenario. You can't come up with it. And here's the other thing with the Pats, and I've said this, I said this last week when we broke down, we picked the KC score exactly, which was kind of amazing. Congratulations. For once, we were right. Um, the Pats are going to get to 27 points because they have everybody. If if Edelman, Amadola, Gronk, and Brady play all four quarters of this game, they're going to end up at 27 points. So my question is, can Denver get to 28? What needs to happen? This is fun. Let's try and do this again exactly. Need a special I think teams Denver is going to have... Five field goals and a touchdown. That's that's my forecast. So 15 plus 7, uh, or maybe they go for 2 and make it 8. They're either going to score 22 or 23 points. That's right. my call. And if Denver, anytime they have like a 3rd and 9, 3rd and 10, 3rd and 11, 3rd and 12, that's bad for them. You right? mean because their quarterback can't throw down the field direct in a straight line 20 yards? I will say... Um, not to defend Peyton Manning because I, Sims and Nance drove me to the point of insanity last week with the praising of him. At, uh, and Jim, he told us he hasn't felt this good in a year and a half. And then he comes out, he looks exactly the same as he did for the last two years. Exactly. All, all short passes and outs. Yeah. He made one great throw to the, to the tight end, Benny, whatever his last name is. Was that the one after he took the sack, then, then they didn't call it and he stood up? No, that, that uh, one... He gets credit for that being the longest pass completion of the game because the defense stopped. So congratulations. But the the, the game decider was that throw to the tight end that he yeah, that was in a, a really play. tight I'm spot. Getting, that was I'll a great throw. Yeah, but he the first half of that game, all he was doing was throwing quick outs and quick passes. He he wasn't going over the middle at all. He wasn't throwing anything deep because he can't. And by the way, people are like, you hate Peyton Manning and all this stuff. I really respect the guy. I don't think he has anything left physically. He's basically doing all this with his brain. I think it's amazing. I, it's incredible. I'm, I'm I, pro I, what I don't Peyton Manning's any... doing. I'm just frustrated when you bet against him or when your team's playing against him and you're, and you're just like, oh, my God. It's it, You turn in a John Lovitz and the Michael Dukakis, George Bush SNL sketch where you're like, how am I losing to this guy? You just can't figure it out. It's like he can only throw in two spots on the field. So, you know, it's just hard for me to believe that Belichick won't be able to to figure out a way to take away the stuff that he does. And then at that point, you know, Broncos are going to have to run the ball. Their defense is going to have to be awesome. They're going to have to hit the shit out of Gronk. 
and they're going to have to get a special teams play. I think they are going to hit Gronk. They, they might are. They're going to go after him. They might get that touchdown from a special teams play or, or a defensive play that, that they've done that against the Pats in the playoffs before. But I still think it's, it's, it's an offense that struggles in the red zone. There's no hiding that. There's no uh, covering that up. When they get to the 20-yard line, they have a problem getting the ball in the end zone. So the other fear for the Pats is that when they have the lead, because they basically tossed away the running game this year, I'm guessing. They didn't even worry about it in KC. I think they just tell their guys to pass block, and Brady's short passing is the running game. But that's bad when you're up 10 with 10 minutes left and you can't get first downs. May, well, look, uh, you know, if, if we're going to do the old in Belichick we trust, Stephen Jackson, a little juvenation. Look, look, he looked pretty good. He was moving around pretty good. I'm hoping. But, yeah. And then we didn't even mention Gary Kubiak. So you always, like, ultimately these games come down to the same factors every year. And a big one is QB and coach versus QB and coach. See, so Belichick versus Gary Kubiak. And you have Tom Brady, who just had another awesome season and who looked fantastic last week, against Peyton Manning, who got benched after he had nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions midway through the season. And then came back because they, I guess they thought they needed his brain more than the Osweiler potential. As a Pats fan, I'd, I'd actually would be more scared of Osweiler, who's not healthy now. But... um. I don't know. It just he, seems he, like we have advantages. Less inclined to make um, the kinds of mistakes that Peyton was making. And by the way, Peyton has shown a little capacity for making some important mistakes at important moments in these playoff games. There's that. He has too. a certain propensity for that. Did you think Denver's fans, they sounded super nervous second quarter, third quarter? Right? You know why? Because Pittsburgh was beating their ass. They were moving up and down the field. And that's the thing. You, you think about that game. Pittsburgh had the ball twice over midfield, driving to go at least up four. And that first time, the stupid offensive lineman gets the face mask penalty, yep. knocks him back to midfield. Right. The second time, the four-string running back fumbled. But I know. Pierre Trudeau, Prasant, Lassant. But that's the thing. This is football. This is what the Patriots, the first three Super Bowls, the second, I think the second team, was basically wired like this. They Every game was 3.7 points, but they would make a couple plays and steal it. And you were like, I know this team's not that good, but every week they're winning. You know, also slightly underrated for, for, for Pittsburgh, they had two different chances to kick field goals and decided not to, elected not to. I know, to. that was a bad um, night, Tom. Again. The Pats aren't going to make that mistake. I like Goskowski uh, yeah. out in that thin air. He's good for, first of all, Denver will not have a kickoff in this game. Every one of them will be in the end zone. Uh, by Goskowski and anything 55 and in he's making I hope knock on wood oh I'm gonna knock on wood oh boy but <laughs> 55 and in I, I'm gonna rephrase anything 55 and in he could make well so you, you'll at least take fourth, the shot you'll take yeah. the shot you're not punting from the 30 from the 38 yard line right 38 yard line he's coming out we're kicking a yeah. 55 yarder yeah so yeah I think Denver has to get to 28 points to win 27-23. That's my call. Yeah, I think the Pats have to go either double figures or Denver's going to pull one out of their butthole. And you know what? I might not listen to Nance and Sims. I don't know if I can take it. I think I'm better off not listening to them. What's the radio broadcast you could put on the radio? I might just have my dad and I just do the broadcast, just talk. <laughs> or just sit there sit there in stony silence as, as Denver, as Manning's 
third and 11 pass bounces over 17 helmets hits hits Ed Hockley's right bicep and goes right to Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, I was going to defend Manning. I forgot to do this. He's missing a couple guys that have always been Peyton Manning staples. Sure. You know, he doesn't have he doesn't have that tight the white tight end, that kind of right. clumsy white tight end who's somehow always open bouncing off dudes. They don't really have that guy in this team. The surest handed, you know, it's yeah. always the surest handed guy he he has available to him too. And he doesn't have the Brandon Stokely on this team. Right. He doesn't have that slot, that Amendola type, that guy that just the, the guy who's just zigzagging across getting open 4 or 5 yards. It's it actually feels like the pieces are mismatched for him on this team. Sanders and Thomas keep putting balls on the ground. Keep putting catchable balls on the ground too. Right. All right. So we're ta- we're 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 aligned. We're taking Carolina minus three, and we're taking the Patriots minus three. Sal had some good stats about road favorites in the uh, AFC title game, which made me feel better too. Oh, good. I think they've won their last four. Joe, who House, did the Cuz take? The Cuz. Uh, the Cuz likes the Pats. All right. Good. Joe House, uh, good luck with the snow. I hope you get to see these games. And uh, That makes two of us. Good luck to you and the Pats. Yeah, yeah. McSimmons from Sully's Bar. Right. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. All right. I want to talk about our buddies at Squarespace. They make it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. You know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust in them too. House just launched a new Squarespace site called www.housefromdc.com. He's putting his pics up there. He's putting pictures of food, doing a whole bunch of things. And House is web illiterate. I mean, the fact that he could get that thing up is a miracle. But that's what Squarespace does. They make it easy for you to build beautiful websites, regardless of skill level. No coding needed. Easy-to-use tools. State-of-the-art technology. You get 24-7 online support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required. Start building your website today. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code BS. That's my initials. Easy to remember, BS. To get 10% off your first purchase. And it also shows support for the Bill Simmons podcast. So that's another good reason. Uh, Thanks to Squarespace for their support of the Bill Simmons podcast. 10% 10% off your first purchase. Offer code BS. Squarespace, you should. Coming up now is a is an interview I did with Mike Shore. Uh, a short one right after Andy Greedwell did an interview with him. And we just decided, hey, screw it. We'll turn on the equipment. We'll talk some pats for a little bit. So here that is. All right, we're, we're taping this on a Wednesday night. Right. That's Mike Shore. Hi. He did the Andy Greenwald podcast on Channel 33. He's done a bunch of TV shows he liked. Parks and Rec. <laughs> You're involved in the office. That's correct. Brooklyn nine 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 nine. Right. And now you're doing something with Ted Danson, your TV hero. <laughs> That's right. I like and, that. And by the way, your TV hero. Don't put this all on me. Oh, it's my favorite show of all time. Yeah, I like that show. you've reached the point that you're just like, I'm doing a TV show with my favorite person from when I was growing up, and it's going to happen. Well, they NBC. I mentioned this on the Andy's podcast, but they. I don't want to step on Andy's podcast. NBC said you can. They uh, they offered me the chance to just do a show, 13 episodes. You don't have to like audition with a pilot. Yeah, and that gives you. That's a big weapon to use with actors because it's a it's 13 paychecks basically. It's, yeah. It feels like a real thing, and so the first thing I did was see if Ted Danson was available because I was like, he might actually go for this. And I knew that the CSI gig that he had was ending and stuff. So I just took a shot and now Sam Malone, I'm going to write for Sam Malone. So 82, 92, 
This is we're midway through decade four of Ted Danson That's on TV. Right. It's That's amazing. Right. Yeah. And Nobody's gone, gone four decades like this. Certainly no one's gone four decades with this many different characters. There's that thing about Michael Landon, you know, where he did like three shows in 40 years. He did right. like Bonanza. Great hair. It was all house. hair. He was all hair. He was overrated. <laughs> Low war. Why are you taking a shot at Michael Landon out of nowhere? <laughs> he can't defend himself. Uh, I don't want to step on the indie pod. So you, right. you're also a diehard Pats fan like yeah. myself and you're concerned. So do your whole theory on why I should be more concerned about this game than I am. I, first of all, nothing good ever happens in Denver. He's, no, that's true. Denver Brady's and Miami two and are the six two. against yeah. Denver. Second of all, there's just like, there's just too much of like a Peyton Manning narrative thing that's happening for my comfort of like, he came back that, you know, like, by the way, Osweiler, so Osweiler, has five, there's five turnovers in that game. Very few of them are his fault. There's like three Maybe fumbles. One. He threw the ball too hard on one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then Peyton comes in, hands the ball off like 35 times in a row and they win the game and people are like, wow, Peyton's back. I mean, Some he literally- good audibles too. He, he was five for nine or something. It was <laughs> right. nothing. For 30 it was, yards. It's like the year that Flacco in the, in the divisional game against the Pats was like four for 11 with for 39 yards. Yeah. And they're like, wow, Flacco won a road playoff game. No, he didn't. Ray Rice ran 83 yards on the first right. play. But there's just a little too much of this, like the old, the old gunslingers out there again. And I, that makes me nervous because he's playing at home. I knew the second that they lost to the Jets that they were also going to lose to Miami and that they were going to have to go on the road to Denver. I knew, I saw the whole thing unfold. Well, wait, you go back a little well, bit I, further, though. You're like, you're, you're like the Jennifer Love Hewitt show where she could see things. Yes. You saw all four losses. This is somehow. absolutely true. I saw all four losses happening. I predicted they would lose to Denver the first time they went. It just felt like they were going to lose. They, the injuries were starting to mount up. I had a very strong feeling that Chip Kelly was going to beat Belichick I don't know why I and then everything went wrong in did you have game. a strong feeling we we're going to be up 14 nothing and then have a rugby onside kick followed by four return touchdowns I, or I, I just felt like it was a trap game it was like every yeah. year there's one game where you're like they're it's at true. home against this terrible team and they always every yeah. and by the way that's not just true of the Pats it's true of every team yeah, every team NFL. in the NFL yeah so and then I was you're looking at those last two games they're both on the road the first game is the Jets with everything to play for and I was like, there's, there's no way the Jets are going to win this game. I knew they were going to win that game. And then as soon as they, as soon as the Jets won that game, I was like, this is, it's over. And then in the, against Miami and in the, in the days leading up to Miami, they, anyone who had a hangnail, they were like, he's out for this game. They, they, they made the decision very clearly to basic, not tank the game, but basically say we would rather to have everyone have Chandler Jones and Hightower and all those guys who were sort of banged up take the week off and get ready for the playoffs. We would rather do that than try to win this game. And it seemed like in week 16 and 17, the mentality was, let's just try to steal this without actually jeopardizing anyone That's right. on our team. That's right. And they, and I'm not against it. They almost stole the Jets game. They almost stole both games, by yeah. the way. They were they came back at the beginning of the second half in Miami and tied the game, or went ahead maybe even, or at least tied the game. Like They, they had a chance in both games. But yeah. they just decided they just didn't work. And I, as soon as that happened, I knew exactly what was going to happen, which was that they were going to win their opening playoff game. Denver was going to win theirs and they were going to go to Denver. And now here we are. And I just can't. It's very hard for me to visualize them winning in Denver. I wasn't really nervous until Ed Hockley became the referee for the Sunday <laughs> game. And they're like, yeah, he's 45 and 0 in, De yeah. in Denver games. Well, there is, you know, stats have proven there is a slight home field bias when it comes to calling plays. 
the the like thing about Hockley is that he likes to hear himself talk on the mic, which means maybe more flags, which means maybe that bias comes into play. I don't know if I actually buy any of that. I just know that like my most of the bad Patriots memories of the in big games are in Denver. Like many of them are that Ben Watson game where he where Champ Bailey picked off Brady in the end zone, ran 102 yards and Ben Watson ran like 170 yards and knocked the Amazing. ball out. By the way, through the end zone for a touchback. We can all agree no on that. Question. If there had been replay, that ball cut that's the Patriots ball at the 20. I feel like they did replay that though, right? Wasn't there like a 10-minute delay as they figured out what or maybe they were just pretending they had replay. I don't remember. Remember there was a long delay? Yeah, that, that sounds See, vaguely the right. See, the Jones was worse for me. Yeah, that was that one crushed oh, me. Oh, and that was on the heels of like Buckner and Len Bias and that's right. that's all old. these bad things that happened and then yeah. we're down 3. We have the ball. All Eason turtles, just classic Eason. And then all of a sudden, it was like, "Well, we're down five. Oh, we're oh, this is over. Oh, yeah. my season's over." It was like it was all this stuff happened at once. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're we're done. I like the by the way that after they're they've been in whatever six Super Bowls since then and won four of them, and that memory is still exactly. As, well, it always that's the Red Sox thing too, right? Yeah. Oh, the Red Sox is gone for me. That I have no okay. pain. After I have the no third pain. Blitzers. I have no pain about either team. I'm still annoyed at certain things about the about the Pats in the past, but nothing. It doesn't actually bother me. Like it's just like, oh, that that was annoying. I, is, that, is the the Eason part is more annoying. Yeah, isn't it funny? Like the Boone Homer was almost like having a tumor. But then just having it removed and being fine after. Yeah, it was the it was doctor like living saying with a tumor like, for a year. Yeah, it was like, that's exactly right. The doctor saying, "I'm going to remove this and yeah. it's going to be really bad, and then your life will get much better." Yeah, yeah. Because think about if we never won an 04 and nothing good happens, then then Buckner and Boone combine into this one Uber <laughs> Voltron scar that just haunts us. I mean, I now I don't think about it. Ever. I don't know. I feel like you and I haven't talked about this that much, but I. I am just all I feel is happiness. All the yeah, time. it's just it's great. all I Especially feel. Especially the Red Sox. Yeah, and it's like happiness and good fortune, and and a feeling of like after you know at some point Brady and Belichick are both going to leave in the next let's say three years, and I'll still watch the team, but it it will actually be even easier to watch oh, the with team. the Pats. Yeah, like it'll. Don't you think it'll be like well now, like if when they leave, if they go like nine and seven and sneak into the wild card, you'll be like, hey, look at that. Good work, yeah. guys. Like right now, the reason this is still tormenting me is because they're in this run where it's like it's gonna end, and they and you want you want everything. You just want more. You're greedy. It's like the way I remember talking to my father in law about the Yankees. He's a, was a big Yankees fan, and he was just like, and he, after they won in '09, he which was Jeter's fifth ring. He yeah. was like, just one more, just one more. And I was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. You can't. He won. He's won five rings. But like now, I understand it because now it's like. You just feel like you want, as long as this can go on, you want it to go on. Ours is a little deeper because they ran an orchestrated smear campaign against our quarterback <laughs> and took our first round pick. That's while, true. While being unable to understand way, ideal gas law. By and, the way, are the what's your prediction? Do you ever see that data that they've supposedly collected? Uh, there's no way. There's no way, right? They, because it's no just else. a law of physics or chemistry, whatever you want to call it. And the information that they collected, if they collected it honestly, just shows what the laws of nature will show. And the only way they ever release it is if somehow it, it 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 proves their guilt, which it can't because 
there's no way that the air it's just a law of physics it's like they're trying to prove that gravity doesn't work so i think you never see that data and if you do the data that they show is going to be data that they collected in like miami and atlanta when the playing temperature was 68 and the locker room was 72 and they're like look at this it's the ideal gas law is made up it reminds me of the oj trial when it was like the DNA and it's there's 99 million to one chance it's not his DNA. And some people are like, eh, well, you know, blood, who knows? Yeah, and, yeah. and then after 200 CSI episodes, you look back and you go, oh, yeah. my God, that was his blood. Yeah. That's how I feel at some point we'll get to with the ideal gas law where they'll be like, oh, yeah, it was cold in the I, game and the balls deflated I a little. I got so worked up about it i, I know really you did. and i were on, yeah. in a race for who was more worked up yeah. on twitter and and, and i was like I, and now all i feel is like is like just i i don't i don't care and I, and i it's not that i don't it's not that i actually don't care it's that like there's so many other things to be so upset about the nfl about you know what right. i mean like the, the nfl has big way bigger problems than this and i think that i'm actually i'm hurting the i'm causing the problem by, by focusing on this dumb yeah, thing. Sense. And and so But I'm, if we had lost in February, <laughs> we would have blamed the Flake Gate for distracting us and we yeah. would have been haunted by it forever. Yeah, because we still for some reason have a persecution complex after like nine titles in the I know. last thirteen and then, years. <laughs> and then like if you're a Vikings fan, you're listening to this going, I I, I want to run both of these guys over in a car. Yeah. Well that's certainly part of it. Part of it is just like how again, how lucky we are as fans. Super lucky. But then the the other part of it is I, that, I Look, believe Andy's listening to us right now. He's, he's yeah. just tortured. You're feeling. <laughs> I know he, he's mad. Our worst memory is Tony Eason and kicking off to Desmond Howard and yeah. Sugarberry Hamilton. I I was friends with a guy who was a writer at, at SNL who was a Yankee fan. And after the Boone home run, he wrote me this long email that talked about like he knew how I felt. He was genuinely sorry. He's like, he I didn't know, how, know you, how you felt. He said, I know how you feel because I remember when. It was literally like Billy Martin pinch hit for Bob Horner in some game in 1977. And I was like, how is that the thing? Yeah. Like, that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you as a Yankee yeah. fan is so something no one's ever heard of that didn't matter. Well, and, what's interesting about the Boone Homer and, and the Buckner Shiraldi disaster was both times it was like a slow motion car accident. Yeah. And the Pedro Grady thing, which had been, it just been Grady that whole year. Yeah. Just knowing just that he was off, and then it finally manifested itself in the just, worst possible time. Yeah, but, but you could feel it coming. But again, the only thing to say about this is that, like, all of that, no one, no one will ever have that feeling that we had again. The only pr people who will have anything close to that feeling is when the Cubs finally win the series, which I believe will be either this year or next year. When the Cubs finally, when the Cubs fans who have been fans all their whole lives will experience something close to what we got to experience. But don't you feel like the Cubs fans? Like we were, we we were we more optimistic. That's right. Well, we the Red Sox fans would always talk themselves back into it. The Cubs fans seem like they've just given up. Well, they haven't. They haven't. I mean, the they Red, don't even. They the don't Red Sox even conceive it. They had made the World Series several times yeah. and lost in seven games. So we had been better as an organization, gotten closer, and lost in more spectacular fashion. So what the Cubs fans will feel isn't exactly the same, but it's in the ballpark of the same. But other than that, no one else will ever... I mean, you'd, you'll have to wait 100 more years for anybody to feel as good as we felt that True. year. And then also, by the way, there's four other Super Bowls and two other World Series titles and an NBA title and a Stanley Cup to just throw in there for good measure. So 
like all of this stuff is so secondary. Greenwald yeah, wants to He's literally pointing a, a finger gun at his uh, forehead. We got to clean Greenwald's body up. <laughs> I think when Cubs fans win, this is a dated reference, but you'll get it. Travolta and the boy in the plastic bubble at the end. <laughs> Which is on YouTube, which oh, is no, a great Bill, that's last not five a dated minutes. reference. That's well, very it's relevant. Only Forty years, it's very old. topical. But when he gets out of the bubble and he's just looking around, and there's trees, that's how the Cubs fans are going to feel. Like they, it'll be like they've entered this new universe. Like, oh my God, the blue sky, and you, there's trees. You, but that, I see. To me, it'll Cubs fans are. I uh, think will be more joyous than that. That's what. I'm, yeah, but that, he was more, joyous. Was he? I don't. I yeah, it's movie. It's like I'm, this movie's <laughs> over. My contract's up. I get to do Saturday <laughs> Fever now. I imagine it being. <laughs> Like that video that that uh, you that you can watch on YouTube of the celebration in New Orleans when the Saints won. That's just like pure happiness. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that a great video? one. It's underrated. Great the Saints Super Bowl is Saints underrated. Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. just and pure it's like, euphoria. Yeah, and it's and that's a, maybe a better analogy because the Saints were so miserable and embarrassing for so long. And it's certainly nowhere, a more current analogy than the boy in the <laughs> bubble. The boy in the plastic <laughs> bubble. By the way, definitely watch that on YouTube. Anyone who's listening, if you want, don't just a that. great seventies experience. Don't watch Travolta that. with long hair. <laughs> So you think the Patriots are going to lose? I my I I very much hope that they win, but I, I you're maybe worried it's just because I'm very worried. I'm very worried. Yeah, I'm worried about uh, 15 of the 17 calls that are crucial to the game going against us. <laughs> Manning having his typical two complex. guys drop the interception that somehow goes to Demarius Thomas, who's running full speed. Yeah, uh, well, some they, terrible they, special I mean, teams play in Denver last week. Peyton Manning threw himself to the ground. They didn't call. He dove. He, he literally. He, so, he self-sacked himself. He jumped to the ground and then looked <laughs> Slid, around. It was a slide. It was a slide. Then he looked around and no one said anything. So he kind of like got back up. In my mind, it took about 45 seconds. Yeah. He got back to his feet. The whole Pittsburgh team stops. Looked around. Right. Looked around. The refs were like, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, Peyton. And he was like, you really? You can do it. And he was like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> And he was like, okay. And he looked around and he saw an open receiver and threw it, hit him for 36 yards. That was a key play in the game. And like that is, if there, if you believe in such things as home field confirmation bias, that's what you would, that's what you would say. So cite. here's the thing. If somebody comes flying in, Andy, admit this. Somebody, <laughs> one of the state, Peyton goes into the self slide. Right. A Steeler linebacker comes running in and tackles him. Yeah. It's a 15-yard penalty. That's right. But all that Steeler linebacker has to do is touch him with his index finger, and he's down, right? So if he but, jumps on him, don't don't jump on him. Just touch him with your hand. Just touch his shoulder. But what? But if he hadn't given himself up, and he's just on the ground, why can't he be tackled? He could be, but he's a the quarterback. Sort of caught, so he's basically, a quarterback Manning, in the Manning's a genius. <laughs> he, figured he figured a loophole. out the one rule, the one loophole, where it's like, <laughs> if I slide, nobody can touch me. It was his only good play of the game. Yeah, well, the the real thing to say about the NFL, and, and this is something that is, the I think, their biggest problem is they themselves don't know the rules. They no. just don't. They They're say they out do, of bounds, end but, zone, anything. But I, I'm, I've been hammering this for weeks. Mike Carey has never, when they go to Mike Carey, he's, anything he says, it's like the Seinfeld episode where George does the opposite of what his instinct right. is. Whatever Mike Carey says, it's the opposite is and true. And Phil Simms agrees with him to uh, compound yeah. it. But also Jim Nance has to, it's like they wake him up from a deep <laughs> sleep every time. He's like, whoa, what's happening? What? Oh. And then Jim Nance has to like hold him by the hand and walk him slowly right. through what's happening. And Jim Nance, it's like the most leading the witness thing ever. Jim Nance will be like, Mike, don't you think that maybe in this case, based on what the rule says, yeah. the what should be called here is this? And Mike Carroll will go like, no, I, yeah, don't. I don't. And it's like, dummy, listen to what he's telling you with the right answer. And then he gives the other answer. And then Jim Nance's call was right. It's insane. But that Ryan Shazier hit 
in that game, in the Bengals game. That's the definition of the rule. He let he launched himself towards the runner and hit him with the crown yeah. of his helmet. And then they were like, well, here's the deal. He was a runner. He's no longer a receiver. What are you talking? What are any of them talking about? So I you- think Nance was ready. I think Nance has been miserable all season. I think he's trapped with Phil <laughs> well, Sims, so, who says it, nothing. Jim Nance I think he mood. hates the violence. He's repel- repulsed by the violence. Like the Cincinnati game really resonated with him in, in a way that Jim Nance didn't. He, he was he just didn't want to be part of it. He just wants to get to the Butler cabin. It's all he's just in his head. He's like, I'm going to quit. No, no, we'll take the masters from you. In the way that that Superman derives power from the sun, he derives power from Augusta. So that's true. He's trying to get there. It's a distance from Augusta in time is how weak or strong he feels. So like when it's, I guess, whatever, April, it's it's like October. When it's October, it's like he's the lowest energy. And it's he slowly gets closer to like Amen Corner. (laughs) The Shazier hit, like they're peeling the guy off the turf and Nancy just better himself. But look, Kevin, Billy Payne, (laughs) Butler Kevin, Jacket, Phil. Phil on Phil 18. Might Phil be, on 18. might be in the jacket. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> got Phil Sims drooling next to me who can't doesn't know where he is. Yeah, Mike Carey is like an SNL sketch. Yeah. It's he, like the sequel to Judge Pittman. What is that, Referee Pittman? Referee Pittman, yeah. But it's also, I don't. I feel bad for him in a certain way because no one knows the rules. They don't, the yeah. ref, the guys on the field don't know the rules. They think they know how to interpret them, maybe, but it's like, there's, it's just, it's too Byzantine. And they need to just make it flag football and then everything will be fine. It's where we're headed, unless they can yeah. fix the helmets or something. I don't know. These I, guys, you can't tell these guys to change how they learned how to play. Right. They're, also, they're supposed like, to run fast and hit people. But also the 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 fandom, like I, I heard Dan Lebatard debating this on his show the other day. It's like, what would it take? The game is unstoppable. What would it take for... And like the, the premise was like, if someone died in a game and he was like, yeah, that wouldn't do it. Like people would... You would wait like if a per, a player died in a game, you would the next week you would still watch the games. And like either way, I've gone through this a little bit myself, where like I got so fed up with the domestic violence stuff yeah. that I canceled my Sunday ticket. Package. Oh my god! Yeah, and so I I still but like I was like I'm done. I'm not I'm not going to directly give the league this amount. I'm of not money doing that. Year. I'm not buying your pink jersey in October. That's right. I wanted to buy. My son, a, a NFL licensed product for Christmas, and I didn't because mm. I didn't want to give the league money. Yeah. But by the way, then like the games are on Sunday night, I still watch them, and like yeah. I'm I'm going through this weird contorted justification where I'm like, well, I'm already paying for NBC, right? I'm paying for that's not, and it's like it's just a crazy rationalization. Yeah. Because I love the game; it's so fun to watch. Yeah, I like football. I like boxing. I like. Do you like I, boxing? I, I like MMA. I figured out how to compartmentalize really? everything. I can't take. I'm just boxing. a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the Pats are going to win. So hopefully, what, give me I'm your. Right give me play. your. Okay, give me your prediction for both games and then the. Super I think Bowl. they have to win handily. Like what is handily? I think like fifth, if it's 16? if we're in the fourth quarter and it's like three points and J- and Sims is just muttering about something <laughs> and Nance is getting more and more excited. That's what I'm nervous. <laughs> What in the is, league, and, what is what Sims and Nance are doing? I make don't you know. Nervous? They make because they root for Manning. Sims, yeah. and Man, uh, Nance and Manning have the same agent. Yeah, Nance loves Peyton Nance Manning above loves... all of them. When when he was handing the ball to C.J. Anderson and the Broncos started winning, there was a lot of talk from Jim Nance about how amazing Peyton Manning was. Great doing. audibles, yeah. good handoffs. <laughs> I mean, Nance, Fred Couples. When when Fred Couples sure. won the Masters, sure. 
Nance literally almost self-combusted. Like yeah. he almost he almost had an explosion. Yeah. Um, I don't well, think he loves Manning that much, but it's like 70% well, the, when as the, much. When that HGH Al Jazeera story came out. And he just, and well, he that on like, CBS. Yeah, how dare you besmirch the good name of Peyton Manning? It's like, you're not even <laughs> a mention. It's just like, whatever. I mean... Oh, meanwhile, you have got Collinsworth wearing the game-winning drive in the Super Bowl, and he's like, and I told Tom, look at my eye. Tell me if you're guilty. It's like, can I watch my team try to win the Super Bowl and not think about your media contrived thing? Again, there's a certain amount of persecution complex coming into play here, I would say. I'll speak for myself, but... Speak for I me do, too. I do feel like the like everyone made the biggest deal in the world about Deflategate, and that HGH thing just came and went, man. Like it was because no of cares. Al Jazeera. It's because it would have been yeah. like Yahoo, it would still be going. Yeah, I agree. And like, by the way, I'll go on record. I couldn't care less if that guy. Me took too. HGH. Who cares? I don't. No care. one cares. I wish he had. I wish he had come out and said, like, yeah, I had four neck surgeries, and I and I took a small amount of a, a drug that most people consider to be not that big a deal when it's administered properly, and it helped me get back on the field, and I recommend other people do the same. I'd take it right now. If you had it, it right now, I'd pop seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> it would have at least kick-started a debate about... And by the way, isn't it true that the league wasn't even... They weren't testing for it then. No, they, and he might yeah. not have even been on a team the next year. Yeah, I, I'm, hey, I don't Here's care. the thing. Look around. Watch the game in HD this weekend and, and tell me that everyone's on a level playing field. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a couple things going on. <laughs> How about Roethlisberger last week? My God. I mean, what what did they shoot? He in basically his arm? said, "Like, yeah, I couldn't feel my shoulder. It was great." Well, also they announced what? it as a you separation. You feel your shoulder. His throwing shoulder had yeah. separated. He couldn't feel it. Yeah, it's fine though. Yeah, I can't feel it, but they told me it's fine. There's a certain amount of like Pittsburgh and Cincinnati have that thing. It's why the game was so chippy. Where it's just about who's more macho. It's Kiana's mas macho. Yeah, it's to, like it's another dated it's reference. Like Southie versus Everett or something. It's <laughs> yeah, just, it's not about football. It's yeah, but it's territory. It, just, it makes me queasy, man. Even and I mean, if I were a better person, I wouldn't be watching the games, but I am. Well, after them. that, so give me your prediction. Preview, give me your uh, prediction. What do you got? I think the Pats win in double figures, right. or they lose. <laughs> I don't think they win by four to seven. You heard it here twice. Well, I think in two different it's ways. It's either ten plus or they lose. If it's close so in the your, fourth make, quarter, just something bad. Your prediction to see. What I you think, think they're much happen. better, and I think Manning is a, is smoke and mirrors, and Belichick right. will be able to figure out how to take him out. And also, like if the, if Manning goes to the next round against like Carolina, yeah, that could that make could the really Seattle bad. Super Bowl look like child's play. I agree. I think if the, if like if you could like. If your job as an omniscient being were to look after Peyton Manning's health and safety, you would have him lose this week. Because I think totally. either of those two defenses in the NFC, will it'll be ugly. Also, America, what's more fun than Brady and Belichick on the podium with Goodell after this deflake <laughs> thing? That's Name true. me what in Kraft, who, took, who lost his first round pick. I'll say this too. No one, this isn't going to work because everyone hates the Patriots and that's totally fine. And Not I get everyone. It. You're allowed to. Almost but, everyone. America in general, if you have no rooting interest, you should be rooting for the Patriots to make the Super Bowl because they've been in six in this era and they've all been good. They've yeah, all been really that's close true. games. Six and oh. They're six and oh in terms of good games. Yeah. They've never been a boring one. Their their three victories before last year were three point victories on last on field goals in the fourth quarter. Janet Jackson's nipple, Donovan <laughs> right. McNabb throwing up in the huddle. That's right. La- you two beautiful day. Last oh, year, sorry, Greenwald. Greenwald. Last year, an interception at the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's and the then, best. And the two Super losses Ever. are the Tyree game and then the and the Mario Manningham 
catch yeah. down the sideline. Six for six. Yeah, they're good games. They play really good games. Eagles game wasn't that great. It was, okay. it was more, it was it more was sad points. and funny. <laughs> the Eagles fans all quit in the second By the quarter. Way, Andy, I'm directing Andy, this now. Oh, directly. Andy, you're right Andy. there. I forgot. Andy Reid still doing the same yeah, thing. He hasn't. Years later, hey, Greenwald knows. That's right. He knows. <laughs> all right, Mike Share. Good luck to both of us. Yes, good luck. Thanks for stopping on. And listen to the entire uh, Mike and Andy interview on the Channel 33 pod. All right, we have some bonus content. Wesley Morris and I went so long the other day that we actually carved some stuff out for the end of this podcast. Uh, But before we do that, we have a new season of Real Sports launching on January 26th. I say we because I work for HBO now. You don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Just download the HBO Now app. Start your free one-month trial. Uh, At some point in 2016, who knows? You might be able to watch this podcast on HBO now. Oh, yeah. You can see me in my MeUndies jogging pants with my glasses on, pretending to listen to my guests as I check my fantasy teams. You'll see it. You'll see all the warts. Um, This world could actually exist. You never know. Do yourself a favor. Download the HBO Now app right now. You can watch real sports, and you got Game of Thrones coming in three months. No-brainer. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. Wesley Morris talking about uh, a whole bunch of stuff that uh, Odell Beckham, uh, Rajon Rondo, Bill Kennedy. Here we go. All right, Wesley Morris is in town. My old Grantland colleague who um, is now at the New York Times, and we taped the whole podcast that was on the BS podcast earlier in the week. Wanted to talk about one thing, sports related. Yeah. To throw on at the end of this because some stuff happened and you and I were talking off podcast about it, but I did want to talk about it Yeah, on podcast. Two things that happened pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, the Weirdly first, close to each other. Yeah. The first one was Rajon Rondo and Bill Kennedy. Yes. And then the second one was uh, Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. um, which three people that you might not think have a lot in common and they might not. But the Rondo Bill Kennedy thing happens bunch of gayslers um the league suspends him a few days after yes for language abusive to a referee or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then bill kennedy um comes out says i'm gay right now it turns out one of the reasons he did that was because of this whole incident but it wasn't a gay bashing but it was but rondo didn't know but he might not have but so it's this whole context of this whole incident that happens where you have to go into it and you say either Rondo knew or Rondo didn't know. And if Rondo knew and he berated this guy in a basketball court with 15,000 people there and repeatedly called him the F-bomb, this is the exact same situation as Isaiah Washington and T.R. Knight in Grey's Anatomy in front of a crew of 50 people and Isaiah Washington basically never acted again and was blackballed in Hollywood and had to go counseling and all this stuff. Right. This happens with Rondo. He's suspended a game. Mm-hmm. The catch is, did he know? Did he not know? But it doesn't how, matter. Right? It's eight years later. Right. You would think it would actually be worse for Rondo and it wasn't. So why? Well, there are gay people in Hollywood for one thing. I mean, you oh. don't see a lot of them in front of the camera, but I mean, they're there. Yeah. And the thing about Kennedy, I mean, Kennedy is, is Kennedy, as far as I understand, was not in the closet. I mean, he was an openly gay person, but he wasn't openly gay to everybody. I mean, he was out in the way that he needed to be out. Right. And I think that Hollywood is a somewhat similar situation. And I think that nobody, I mean, also the difference is that it was Rajon Rondo versus 
you know, I mean, I'm Isaiah trying to think, if, if, I mean, God forbid if Denzel Washington went on a tirade like that on, on the set of some movie against, you know, I don't know who that's a bigger deal. It's a, it's a bigger deal, but he continues to work. He did it in Philadelphia in the grocery store, but that was, that was, that was for a movie. And it was in the yeah. service of what I think is his best performance, by yes. the way. Oh, Oh yes. Okay. Um, I, we can talk about that later, but I, I think love that's, Philadelphia. That's his best performance. That was during um, the Jonathan Demi run of I'm, every scene I shoot, uh, my camera is just right in the face of the person. Yes. And then I cut to another shot of the other person they're talking to, and the camera's right in their face. It actually worked for like three movies. People got tired of that device, and yeah, I think it the worked, same though. thing was true with Spike Lee in the Dolly shot, which yeah. he'll always use. Um, but anyway. I think that it's different if Denzel, if someone, if someone like in Hollywood, if someone like Denzel does it. I also think that it, maybe it's not different because Mel Gibson, I mean, I don't know if Mel Gibson were at the height of his, if he had gone on that rant during like at the height of his power, at the height of his, like during the lethal weapon days or something. Yeah. I wonder what the effect on his career, I wonder how that would have affected his career. But at the point at which he had done it, in you know 2004 or 5 or 6 or whenever that rant was i think he was sort of past his prime anyway and so it was a lot easier to discard him are you talking about rondo and no, i'm talking about mel gibson <laughs> no, I'm oh wow ding ding <laughs> come ding. on um so but i think that but the league is but all okay, so here's the other thing i mean i think there's a lot of institutionalized homophobia in sports generally and in with respect to different leagues no matter what you say or do about combating publicly combating homophobia. And I think Adam Silver has done a pretty good job in terms of coming down in these incidents and, and, and delivering like some sort of fair and just punishment. I think that as we've kind of talked about, I mean, he was in a bit of a tricky situation with the Bill Kennedy thing because it was more than tricky because if he suspended Rondo based on Bill Kennedy being gay, everybody would have, he would like, why is the suspension so serious? Right. Right. But I mean, this is, I, I know that this is sort of parsing a little bit, but I think that that outing is, is tricky because he was out, right? Just nobody had said. It's just like he, it was his business. I knew he was gay. It's the classic, it's the classic thing where this is where we are with sexuality now. It really, it's not ask, don't tell. If you ask me, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to tell you because I have to. He didn't have to say anything about his sexuality. What difference does it make? And so this is the point at which the Rondo's relationship to his knowledge of Kennedy's sexuality somewhat does matter. Correct? Like it wasn't. I'm I don't I can't say what Rondo did or didn't know, but I, I would say contextually it's likely that that people in the league kind of know some they know who's gay. Well, especially with the Celtics because he had a whole incident with Doc Rivers and Kennedy, and he but was that's on contested, that team. right? I mean, that's not that's yeah. still in dispute, is I, it not? I mean, Doc Rivers himself is has disputed it. What else is he going to do? Well, <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's true. I just knew from like '09 on. That was always the story I heard. And if I knew it living in Los Angeles, 3,000 miles away, right. I'm going to guess that there's a really good chance Rondo knew being on that team. That's fair. I also would say that one of the problems is that the infrastructure of of these sports leagues reinforces a kind of a homophobia where... There's a lot of glass closets. There's a lot of people who don't feel comfortable 
being as openly gay as like I was at Grantland, for instance, or like what? Emin. Exactly, exactly. I chose to tell you, but it's yeah. my business. You know, it's my business to share with it's your choice. Other people. I mean, in the same way that like. I shouldn't, but I'm also not like choosing to disclose to you. I've never said to you, Bill, I'm gay. Like, it just isn't something that's not how coming out really works now. Unless it's on MTV. Unless, well, right. But then we're going to MTV. That's like, that's every real world season. Having a show in which, like, but the thing about the real world was nobody ever came out on the real world. They all got there gay. Well, no, that's not technically true because the, Part of the first episode, there are a bunch of beats in the first episode. One Wait, of which with was, Norman? No, just any any season. Oh. It was always about about two thirds in. Whoever the gay person was had to pull something and be like, "Hey, man, I got to tell you something." They oh, always had well, that moment in yes, there. but he already he was gay to himself. Oh yeah, yeah. It, yeah do you yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. he like before he got to the show, he was gay, right? Um. I think that the thing about the the way the closet works in sports now and in the way it works, the way coming out or being out or having a sexual identity works is it's not a public thing anymore. I don't think that I think people are now expecting there to be some big press conference where some big athlete just says, hey, all I'm gay. I don't think that's ever really going to happen because, first of all, it's not necessary. I think the thing that is more important is unless this person is willing to be and it has to be like a huge star and it has to be somebody who is willing to sort of spend a significant portion of his or her life talking about this and only this. Or it could go the other way and it could be a situation like almost like what happened with Rodman. Although he was not gay, but he was... He was interesting, He was though, experimenting. Right? Because, he didn't care what people thought. He right. just went and did his thing, and he was flamboyant and just kind of a personality. And it's just, he didn't care. There was a mystery to him. But, Maybe that's how this would go with somebody. But Rodman was intimidating for that reason. What I'm talking about is the, the alternative to a person holding a press conference and saying, Hello, world. I'm a homosexual. The alternative to that is you are living your life the way you normally would live it. You go, you go to practice, you go to the games, you do a good job and you go on with the rest of your business for the rest of, of, right. of, of the day or the week or the month of the year. Your teammates know your situation, whether or not they like it is that's their problem. And obviously, and this brings us kind of to, to Odell Beckham, they can make it your problem. Do you know what I mean? They can make your life difficult, whether or not you're gay, just to be suspected of, of or be to be accused of it is an additional psychological burden. And I don't I understand. I mean, I think for a while the question was, why don't these athletes come out? Like, why aren't they coming out? The reason is it sucks. Yeah. Can you imagine being in a place where like it only takes one guy to make your life a living hell? I mean, and hopefully what the alternative to that guy making your life a living hell is some other guy is like, shut up, man. Respect this guy's situation. Like, we don't care. He does a good job on the field, on the court, wherever. I I think like the thing that Michael Sam talked about when he came out, which was that the entire team knew about his sexuality and they, they, you know, the claim was that they supported him. Yeah. I think that 
the idea that if someone came out and it's so funny because I'm tempted to like say all these names, but like if if a person came out, like what kind of support would that person be guaranteed to have if they came out in a way more than they already are out? You know, I mean, there are people on teams where the teammates presumably know the person is gay and they respect it. But I don't think the teams from the from the locker rooms to the front offices want to deal with the sort of national spectacle that comes to their team. This is what was so interesting to me about the idea that there was going to be this like group coming out, like a bunch of well, guys are going to come out at the same two time. Right. Ago, yeah. I mean, it does sort of diffuse the attention. You know, like it, it makes it more it like what I'm saying, it distributes the, the, the attention, not can we wait a second, it, though. Can we go back to the Women's World Cup when Abby Wambach kissed her wife? Right. After the game that like 28 million people watched, nobody gave a shit. It's women, though. Like women aren't homophobic in the way that men are homophobic. Like so, they, but, they, right, so like the, the structure, the institution, the institutional structure of male dom, male, the male sports world, is just much more comfortable with homophobia than it is with homosexuality. Well, remember thirty years ago when Martina was winning Wimbledon's and they would cut to like whoever her girlfriend was in the box and the announcer would be like, "There's her <laughs> good friend uh, Vanessa. They're very, very good friends, and she's very happy to have." <laughs> But now, now they're a little more open. But with the men, though, like with Beckham, it, it's clear that there was some form of gay bashing with Beckham, who's might be gay, might some not be. Some form. Yeah. It was like it There's was a bad at one point. It was crazy. It, it, trying to get in his head, either because he's gay or because they're just trying to get in his head by calling him gay. Well, it was because one or the other. Because I mean, I think like setting aside his actual sexual orientation, I mean, there was. There were videos and and rumors, and I don't know. Videos of him dancing, who right. knows? But he might be. It might be like a Rodman thing. He might just be. Well, either way, like you, no, Rodman didn't get treated like that. No, you know. And the thing that offends me with the Beckham situation is the league didn't do anything. Well, of course not. Well, obviously yes, but I mean, look, you have a you have a, a whole team or like enough of a team. Saying, you know, gay slurs to one guy, like, and there was a menacing aspect to it. The whole energy, the energy of the whole game was weird. But here's the thing, though, and this is why I want to bring this up. These are two incidents. The Beckham thing was pretty self-contained to New York media. It was a football story a little bit in in a mainstream way, and then in the in the gay blog community, like the guy in Out wrote a big piece about right. it, Sid Ziegler, right. Um, so that was there, but it wasn't really. And then it kind of came and went. Rondo Kennedy came and went. We we're in the outrage society where everybody gets. This is the kind of thing people seize onto and go crazy about until we get justice. And it didn't happen here, which I thought was strange. I will say two things about that. I won't forget that Rondo did that. I won't either. And I, I, won't, I, I can't believe he I did mean, that. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, I, I think that I don't think the people who know. Rondo did that and have a problem with Rondo's having done it will forget that it happened. I think I personally, I mean, this is my, this is, I feel like everybody's got an, a really tortured relationship with the NFL. I know you do. Yes. Uh, I feel like this for me further complicates any pleasure I get out of, of watching football. It's add this to the list of it 17 is like, other if things. the Panthers go to the Super Bowl. I don't know how it's going to... I mean, whatever. I'll watch the Super Bowl, obviously. But 
it's just it 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 just makes it a little bit less fun knowing that you have proof that people don't like an aspect of you. Yeah. And that they think that it's okay to use that to get in your head. And look, I, there's a lot of smack talk, there's a lot of, you know, sort of disrespectful play in sports and that sort of thing, but there's a limit there's a limit. Like even like certain kinds of your mama cracks. Like you can't take that but so seriously. But what we're talking what about now. What if you now, call somebody an MFer? I mean, that's like, you know, yeah. that's a, that, when you really break down that word, that's not yes, a nice word. But but nobody, it takes an enlightened person with a very thin skin to let that bother you. True. Um, but, but, but calling somebody an MFer faggot, do you know what I mean? Like a motherfucking faggot, that's a different thing. Right. And to like keep saying it and to like have an entire, like have a team sort of campaign like this is how we're to, getting in this guy's head. Right, right. Like we're to wage keep... an entire campaign against your psychology for for a game. And the thing that bugs me by that whole that bugs offends me is that there was only one person who got punished for that for that incident. Right. You know, and the Giants didn't say anything. I mean, at least as far as I know, the Giants said nothing about the conduct of the Panthers in that game. Yeah. And the league said nothing about the Panthers' conduct. It's hard to believe the seventy-year-old Giants coach didn't. But 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 what he said instead was, "It's all fine. It's okay. Don't yeah. worry. It's well, good." So it's almost like real life, right? I mean, the seventy-year-old dad, like, no, no, he's fine. He's fine. He's between girlfriends. My big manly son is totally fine. Don't you worry he's about good. that. He's fine. Yeah, Rihanna. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Yeah, I don't so, know. It just it, it really bothers me. I, I don't feel I don't know. I don't so have we a took lot a of... step back from the whole Jason Collins, Michael Sam. Hey, we're making some momentum, and it really feels like we took a step back in the end of 2000. Bill, it's all lip service. Yeah, it's all lip service at this point. I feel like I I am not one of the people who who needs a gay athlete to come out and say to even like sort of acknowledge his. Gayness in a in a public way because they're in the league. Yeah. Like we know that it's a really tough decision to make. It's a hard decision. Like what, you're giving up, you're giving everything up. This is the thing that that moved me about about Bill Kennedy. Yeah, and his and his not even coming out, but his just being like, dude, I've always been gay. Yeah, like shocker. It was basically what that statement was. But what he also said was, listen. Basically, what he said was, listen, this is not easy, and. Every athlete of of any gender should have the freedom to be who they are and not be persecuted for it by their by their teammates, peers, bosses, coworkers, whatever. And I think that goes for the entire sports apparatus. Whether you sit in an office or like you sell hot dogs or whatever, you should be able to be the person you are and not be shamed for it. Especially in the con- in a context where it doesn't even matter. Like the thing about Kennedy to me that's so moving is like, we shouldn't even know who Bill Kennedy is. Right. You know, we shouldn't know at all. It's how he does his job is anonymously pretty much. Although he is a pretty spectacular to watch referee. Um, I, I just feel like he really is sort of taking a hit. And, and, and I didn't know how to follow that comment up. So I just kind of stared at you. What about Kennedy? Where you were saying spectacular to watch referee. And I'm like, because oh, I just like I like his you I like, like his, his referee demeanor. Style. Oh, you yeah. like his style. His style okay. as a referee is, okay. is is noticeable. Yes, I would um, agree. You do notice that. I'm glad you asked for a follow up. If you were 
bothered by that. Well, I've always no, I wasn't bothered. I mean, like if you noticed it, I'd thank you for. I always noticed him because he was ripped and his shirts never quite fit. Yes, he was always. He's normally the refs are either old guys or they're a little doughy or there's a couple in shape ones. And he's the one that's like, wow, that guy must go home and just power lift. Right. He and Ed Hockley. He's he's the Ed He was the Ed Hockley of the NBA. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This is a this is a this is a perennially tough situation for me because so many things would have to change in order for it to be worth it for a guy or I mean basically we're talking about men at this point. Well we're in this but we're in the same spot that we're in a couple years ago. When when it happens, it's gonna be because it wasn't the person's choice. Right. I think is where we're headed. But it'll be a big star, but it will happen for a reason that wasn't up to him. But what's interesting to me is there's so many there's so many almosts out there, basically. Yeah. And I feel like it's in this it's in not in the athlete, not only in the athlete's interest, it's in the sport, it's in the team's interest and in the respective league's interest to make these things go away however they can. Yeah. And I don't know, I've I've never heard of a story of a relationship fixer, although coming to USA this fall, you know, Rosario Dawson is like the beard. You know, like she's the woman who procures the girlfriends for these guys on these teams. Yeah. So they don't seem gay. This is the missed opportunity on Ballers, by Wait, the is way. Is that is that a real show? It should be. You and Sal do that thing, right? <laughs> That's on Hulu? <laughs> Rosario Dawson is the beard. Omar Epps is back. Right. <laughs> it's an aging quarterback. Should he come out of the closet? Uh, he's Not 38. Before what does he, he have to lose? Right. Not before he gets his beard. The beard. Right. And it'd be like a beard of the week. You get some like you get some very famous actress like Jennifer Lawrence makes an appearance as a beard on the show. I mean, it could really entourage with yeah. Right. I mean Would you call it growing a beard? Growing a beard. I don't Finding know. Finding a beard? Some something a beard. Some podcast the beard. is gonna have a I think the beard. Beards? Beards. 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 A little weird. Nah, the beard. I think you had it right. Nah, the beard. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's an agency run by the league. We'll just say the NFL. The NFL's got like like the Olivia Pope of, you know, sports scandals. I got scared when you started saying that name. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Olivia Pope? I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> no, they've got the Olivia Pope of sports scandals. Yeah. Okay. And they basically, the, her job is to like find women for these men who were like on the verge of being outed. This feels like a USA show. The I, I just, think about I it. just yeah. said USA. I think you're it right. does feel like a USA I think you're show. Right. But ballers. Everything is light and happy and it's set in Miami. Right. There's a lot of scenes of people walking in the beach being but, like, guys. Out, ma- Out Magazine said they're going to write this. There's a lot of scenes like that, but we, we got to get there's water. Carrie uh, Washington. We got to get uh, Rosario Dawson on the phone right now, and she comes in and is like, "What's the problem?" I think because Rosario's involved, we could get Chris Rock to EP because they're dating. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I, they're how, dating. How could I not have known that? You didn't know um, Chris Rock and Rosario Dawson were dating? No, they've never. I mean, no, they're not out. To, not they, to they be that person. Out. They came out like, as a couple. I've never yeah. seen them out together. I've seen them out respectfully like, without go, each other. I have to leave. All right, let's go. All right, thanks, uh, Wesley Morris. That was fun. Thank you. That was fun. Thanks to HBO Now for sponsoring today's podcast. You don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Just download the HBO Now app. Start your free one-month trial today. Thanks to Squarespace for helping Joe House build his website. Thanks to MeUndies for sending me those French Terry jogging pants that I never take off. Thanks to SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons Podcast and Channel 33. Subscribe to both podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. 
And, uh, and thanks to you guys, because I think we're at like 55 episodes now. This is great. Uh, if you want to help us out, definitely write some comments on iTunes. We like seeing what your feedback on stuff. We don't really have another comment mechanism. And, uh, and, and subscribe. We like subscribers. Subscribers are good. Subscribers make us happy. You know what else will make me happy? A Patriots win. Go Pats. Enjoy the weekend. And stay safe, everyone on the East Coast. We about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. And picture me rolling.